our scripture reading, Ephesians. We have two readings, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, and then 1 John 2, 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and verses 13 and 14. I read, And you also were included in Christ, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. And then we turn to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks in the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ the righteous one. Thank God for the reading of his holy word. Amen. Reverend Dr. Joseph J. Mensah, our father and our brother, will bring us the word of God. We thank the Lord this morning that we didn't find ourselves anywhere this Lord's Day, Sunday morning, but we have gathered in his house here to worship, here to worship in on a bended knee. Amen. Let's bow heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, this is the day that Lord you have made and you've called us to rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you this morning that we are here together with our family, just to celebrate your goodness, your faithfulness, your loving kindness. Celebrate what you have done in our lives. Celebrate what you are doing in our lives. Celebrate you for what you are going to do in our lives. We as a God, as we look into your word, as part of our worship this morning, as we turn our thoughts and attention to your word, Lord, we pray that you speak to us. Speak to us in a very special way, in a very audible way, clear way. And let us leave here this morning in this fellowship with one another and with you, with full conviction that you are our Father and that we are in a covenant relationship with you and we have guaranteed that when you come back again, we'll be with you in eternity. Bless our time together, Lord. Let your grace abound here. Give me grace to preach and teach your word this morning and give every one of us grace to hear you and a heart of obedience to apply your word to our lives. Let your presence fill this place, for we ask this even in Jesus' name. Amen.
we are looking at the theme celebrate the promise of the Holy Spirit as our team for the years living by the Spirit we're doing series on the Holy Spirit and this quartet team is celebrate the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit ministry in our lives uh, we just identifying them and we want to just celebrate in worship I'm very excited about this morning's sermon topic and uh, before I go to the matter, I just want to take some few words as the passage was read to you, some specific words were used. And um, especially the sermon team says celebrate. So when you look at the word celebrate, what does it mean? If the Bible says we should celebrate the promise of the Holy Spirit, what is the sermon team calling us to do? When the English man says celebrate, he says acknowledge a significant event with enjoyable activity. To take part in a special enjoyable activities in order to show that a particular event is important. So when you say celebrate something, you're celebrating your birthday, you're celebrating your anniversary, you are taking part in a special, enjoyable activity in order to show that a particular event is important. So when the Englishman says celebrate, it means that there's something significant that you are acknowledging that you are to celebrate. So when we say celebrate the promise of the Holy Spirit, we should be excited. We should enjoy that particular promise that God has given us. And then we talk about promise. When you read, celebrate the promise of the Holy Spirit, when Englishman says pro a promise, it says a declaration or assurance that one will do something or that a particular thing will happen. That also gives a good grounds for expecting a particular occurrence. So that's a promise. When it says celebrate the promise of the Holy Spirit, a declaration or assurance that one will do something or that a particular thing will happen and that it gives us good grounds for expecting a particular occurrence or event. That's what promise means. Something or that particular thing will happen that will give us good ground for expecting a particular thing that has been promised. A ground for expecting a particular occurrence. When we go through the passage, it talks about seal. Seal. So why is the word seal? What does it mean? The Holy Spirit has become a seal. It's a promised seal on our lives as Christians. What does that mean? It's an official mark. All of us know what a seal is. An official mark on a document, sometimes made with wax, that shows that it is legal or has been officially approved. So when the Holy Spirit becomes a seal on our life, we have been officially approved by God as children of God. Hallelujah. That's why we need to celebrate. No matter what we have done in our past, no matter what people say about us, when the seal is placed on our lives as children of God, we have been 
officially approved by God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who holds everything. The final judge who judged the living and the dead has put a seal of approval on our lives. Why? Because we believe in Jesus Christ. That's why we should celebrate it. The promised Holy Spirit on our lives. The Bible also, the passage talks about guarantee. Guarantee in English says a promise that something will be done or happen. If something is guaranteed to happen or have a particular resource, it is certain that it will happen or will have that resource. It will happen. So guarantee. The thing that I'm telling you, I'm guaranteeing you that I will do good to my promise. The Holy Spirit is a seal and it guarantees our inclusion in God's kingdom. We are going to go to heaven. We are going to spend eternity with God because we have believed in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit as a seal of approval on our lives give us a guarantee that we are included in the things of God, all the blessings that God has given us. Now in Ephesians chapter 1, 13 to 14, we learn about the sealing from the Holy Spirit. The pastor says, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance unto the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise and, and, and glory of God. So, Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus and he was giving them this assurance that the day that you believe in Jesus Christ, you were marked in him as in sealed in him with a seal of promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit. You see, when you are buying a, something or buying a product and you put a deposit there, it is a guarantee that you make through your promise to purchase that thing because you have made a down payment. The Holy Spirit has been put on us as a mark and we have been sealing it that we will be with God in eternity. Therefore, we should celebrate this promise that God has given. So Apostle Paul was encouraging the church of Ephesus that this, all these things were done for the praise and the glory of God. You didn't add anything to it. You didn't work for it. You are not even qualified to go to heaven or have eternal life. But all these things were done for his praise and his glory. That's why we should celebrate what the seal that has been placed on our lives as believers. So this sealing has special significance for us. We will see more details as I go on. So let's begin now. Paul writes that as a result of the church of Ephesus believe in Jesus Christ, they were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. All of us believers have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So let me comment on the word promise. I've done some word study on it. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit will come. And in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came and has been with us ever since. 
That is the promise Paul referred to in verse 13. The Holy Spirit will come. You are not going to be orphans. I am going to send my spirit, the comforter. He will be with you. He will give you, he will give you power. He will give you authority. You will go in my name. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit was promised and the Holy Spirit have come and he is with us and to the end of the age. So what is the ceiling? The ceiling of the Holy Spirit in verse 13 talks about Christians in the church of Ephesus have been marked with the seal in Paul's days. Seals were used in at least four ways. Let me just uh, share some of us we can relate to it. Time that Paul wrote this epistle to Ephesus, the church in Ephesus, seals were being used there. So there were about four of them. Let me just go through with you briefly. Seals were sometimes put on letters to guarantee that it was genuine and that it was written by who it claimed to be written. We have kings, monarchs, uh, Roman generals, emperors who were using seals to mark declarations, to mark letters that they are giving so that it will be seen as authentic from the emperor, the king, or the person in authority. They put their signet ring on letters, and we do something similar when we get a letter, we get our letters notarized. When we notarize our letters, we are putting seals on that letters to show that indeed it is coming from us. A seal was also sometimes placed on goods and merchandise that was traveling from one place to another to indicate who they belong to and where they are going. It indicated ownership. So if, the, if, the, if God Almighty has put a seal on my life and a seal on your life, it means that God owns it. No, God owns you. And you need to understand that your life does not belong to you. You have an owner. God has put a seal on you. Just like a merchandise who the, who the, the goose belongs to, where they are going, and where um, it indicated ownership. Again, we do this with our own possessions all the time. We write our names in our books, in our properties and everything to indicate that we own those properties. The third way seals were used in Paul's time where was that it, was, um, it was used to sometimes show authenticity. That this thing is authentic. We have Food and Drugs Administration Authority or Standard Board who have a seal that they put on this thing as a prover that this thing is authentic, this is fake, uh, this is um, um, uh, fake, fake goose or fake currency. So when you see certain watermark on a currency, you raise it up in the light and you see it, you know that this currency is authentic. So seals were used, signatures were put there to authenticate goose, currencies and everything so that we know that this thing is not fake, it's not a counterfeit. The fourth, the fourth way that seals were used were for protection and warning. 
When Jesus Christ was placed in the tomb provided by Joseph of Arimathea, the emperor put a seal on the tomb. Because there was news that Jesus is a liar, he's a fanatic, a lunatic, and that he's in coma. He claimed that he would rise again from death. So let us make sure that nobody has access to his body. And let's see if he will rise again. So the emperor put a seal on the tomb as authority and warning that everybody should just stay away from where the emperor's seal is. And so also you and I, if the seal of the Holy Spirit is upon our life, Satan is off limit our lives. When he see the mark on our lives, he'll go back. That's why you should know who you are as a child of God. Don't live your life under fear because God's seal of approval, you belong to God. You are the apple of God's eye. He ever touches you has touched God. So it was used as authority and warning that when you see the seal of the emperor, you run away, you don't go there. Because you cannot, when you do, you answer to the emperor. So Paul here says here in verse 13 that God has placed a seal upon us as well. It is, so, it is to guarantee that we are genuine. We are not counterfeit. We are not fake. We are believing Christ. His spirit living us. And we are indeed children of God. The Bible says that there was a parable that says um, a farmer went to sow some seeds. He went to sleep. And the enemy came and sowed tests among the wheat. They went to the owner and said, so we uproot all the tests. They don't belong here. And he said, no. There is an appointed time. There is a day of reckoning where I will separate the wheat from the test. Hallelujah. So if you are indeed genuine, at the day you will stand unique. At the day when Christ appears, you will stand unique. Because there is a seal of approval on you. Baptists believe once saved, forever saved. There are a lot of argument, uh, theological argument, discussions going on. You can lose your salvation. You can't lose your salvation. When there's a seal of approval, you see, you did not save yourself. Christ came up with a redemption plan and redeemed you. You didn't do anything. It is all for his praise and glory. So you cannot unsave yourself. You can backslide and become miserable Christian. But no one can snatch you out of the hands of God because there is a guarantee on your life. There's a seal of approval on your life. That Christ says you are mine. And I'm going to the Father. I'm preparing a place. And I'll come back and I'll take you to be with me. You don't need to be afraid of losing your salvation. Even though there are different theological schools of thoughts about that. But this passage of scripture make it very clear for us. Now this seal of approval, is it visible for everybody to see? That indeed God has approved you and sealed you and actually you are, you are wearing it on your forehead, the helmet of salvation. You are wearing it, you are wearing it on your forehead and everywhere you go, people see that mark on you. 
Is it visible? It is not visible because it is spiritual. You cannot put your finger on it. That everybody can watch on your forehead and see that there's a seal on your life. The only thing this seal manifests is the fruit that you bear. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. That people will see that you stand unique. You are different. Things about you, people see something about you that they can't put their finger on. You are not like, you are different. But for it to be written visibly, for people to read it, no. The sealing of the Holy Spirit is invisible to us in the physical realm. The sealing of the Holy Spirit is invisible to us. We can see by the Spirit's mark upon our life that will come out as evident that Christ is indeed in resident in our lives. People see you different. People see the way you behave, the way you go about your things, and you demonstrate the character of Christ. That is the evidence. But we're able to see it as a written thing or a stamp of authority that everybody can see. It is invisible. It is a visible spiritual watermark that people cannot see. So when God has put a seal of approval upon our lives, our, life are supposed, our lives are supposed to be different. And Ephesians 1.13 again tells us that by believing in Jesus, we have been saved and sealed with the Holy Spirit. And then Ephesians 1.14 Ephesians says the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. It is there, waiting for the final redemption. You are saved, you are being saved, you shall be saved. For the final redemption, the seal of the Holy Spirit upon your life is what is going to be a guarantee that God has saved you. It's an approver that you are mine. And that when the rapture takes place, because of the seal on your life, you will be raptured and be with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we need to celebrate. It's something very, very significant in a Christian's life. The day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, the, day he, the same day he put that seal on your life, that you are mine. You are in this world, but you do not belong to this world. You are mine. Stand for me. Who is on the Lord's side, stand for me. The Holy Spirit is a seal and deposit guaranteeing our, our inheritance. The Holy Spirit will provide us with new bodies even when we die and an inheritance when we finally get to heaven. That we are indeed adopted children of God. Jesus came to his own. His own did not receive him. But as many as received him, he gave them the right, the approver, the authority to become children of God. We have been adopted, grafted into God's kingdom. God has accepted us. No matter who we were and even who we are today, God has accepted us. A seal of approval that guarantees our inheritance. It's a promise that God has given us and we shall inherit that promise. It's an inheritance when we finally get to heaven. But we have a sealing of the Holy Spirit right now 
which promises and guarantees that his inheritance of eternal life is ours and it is waiting for us. We'll be with God in eternity. We'll live our life for him and we'll enjoy his presence forever and ever. That's what we call or refer to as eternal life. The seal of the Holy Spirit is like a deposit. Paul said God has made a purchase. And just to prove that he's going to follow through on his purchase, he has made a down payment. He has given a deposit in a form of the Holy Spirit, a seal of approval who lives in our lives, who guide us, who comfort us, who give us strength, who help us to bear fruit that glorify God. We all know what, what an engagement ring stands for. Two people make a promise to each other or a pledge to get married to each other. It is like a deposit. If you give a lady a ring, you have deposited something and said, this is a proof that I'll marry you someday. The Holy Spirit is like a deposit, engagement ring, a part payment, something that has been put down that I'm going to make good on my promise that I'm going to indeed come back and get you. God has promised to come for us and make us heirs of himself. This deposit guarantees our inheritance in heaven. We are heirs with the Father and co-joined heirs with the Son. We are going to join together, even though we did not originally belong to that family, we've been adopted into that family, grafted into that family. Now we share the joy, the inheritance, the goodies of God's kingdom and the royal blood that was shed for us have made this possible. Also in Ephesians 1, 14, Paul said there is an inheritance that awaits in heaven and there is a redemption of our bodies where this body is corruptible. We will wear new bodies when we go to glory. And that body will not be subject to sicknesses, sin, or the power of sin, and all those kind of things will be a thing of the past. And that's what we need to celebrate. The promised Holy Spirit who is with us. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We have been redeemed from our captivity to sin and because of the sealing of the Holy Spirit, we will also experience the redemption of our bodies. Whatever is going in your body, that is not the end. We are going to receive that our bodies will be redeemed when we go to eternity. And God is going to come through with his promise because he's not a man who will lie. Whatever he says he will do, he will do. And he'll make sure that it come to pass. We have been delivered from the penalty of sin when we believe in Jesus Christ. The power of sin. And ultimately, finally, eventually, when we receive our new bodies in eternity, we will be delivered from the presence of sin. Sin will no longer even come around us. Sin and its effects. Sin and its consequences of the fallen nature with its illnesses, brokenness, and all the things that the fall had brought upon us, the presence of sin will no longer be there. It's a good news. 
for Christians to celebrate. Celebrate the power of the seal of the Holy Spirit in our lives that has given us, guarantee us that we are children of God. All to the praise and the glory of God because we did not play any role. The only thing we did was a step of faith, accepting what Christ did on Calvary Cross, accepting that I'm a sinner, accepting that I know you alone can save me, accepting that you shed your blood for me, and if I believe in you, I will have eternal life. Just in case we forgot, Paul tells us that this is to the praise of God's glory. It is all about God, not ours. It is for God's glory alone that he is giving these wonderful riches to us. So beloved, when we come together like this, we should celebrate God. He has done it so well. He has given us eternal life. And I guarantee that no matter happened to us in this life, our end is to be in glory and eternity with God. This calls for celebration because this is a significant event in our lives. That Christ is here. And the seal upon our life serve as a warning to Satan that he cannot come close to us because we belong to God and we have his seal of approval. Even though we ourselves, we don't think we should be approved, God says it doesn't matter what you think yourself. It doesn't matter what others think about you. I have chosen to accept you and I've put my seal of approval on you. Therefore, you don't go raising your shoulder as holier than thou because you are not. And you know you are not. It's Christ's grace. You are saved by grace, not by works. He has set you free. So we need to sing our hymns and celebrate and dance in the presence of God for this wonderful thing that Christ has done for us. And now she call on us to also go out there and make sure that we bring more people in to enjoy these eternal blessings that God has given to us. He's the Savior. Jesus is the Savior of the world. And our God Almighty has put a seal upon our life that guarantees eternal life that we share in eternity with God. Now, in conclusion, Paul has made us aware in this epistle to the church in Ephesus, three incredible riches that we have in Jesus. Three incredible riches. That is a summary of all that I've said so far. Three incredible riches, and you want to mark them. We, number one, we have security from the Father. Security, we've been guaranteed, we've been approved from Lord God Almighty. The one who created us in his image and gave us life. The one who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to rescue us when we were perishing. We have been approved by the Father. We have been given security by the Father. He has made us holy and hers of himself. 
that we have inheritance in him. He has declared us righteous and holy, even though we are not. And has made us heirs with him. Number two, we have salvation from the Son. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He's the Savior of the world. He brought us redemption. When you and I believe in him, when we place our life in him, our faith in him, he will save us. Believe in Jesus and you will be saved. That's very significant. Jesus has given us salvation. And then we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. That is the essence of today's sermon. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we receive salvation. And the Father put a stamp of approval. Why? Because of the shed blood. The blood that no, no sin, that was shed for you and me, is a stamp of God's approval on our lives. The royal blood that was shed. The sinless blood that was shed. God saw that blood. That has cleansed our sins. And God says, uh, because of the blood of my son, I have approved you as saved, as righteous, as holy, as delivered. And then, God the Holy Spirit said, now I've sealed all this. The security of the Father, the salvation of the Son, I, God the Holy Spirit, I seal everything that it is yours in eternity. Hallelujah. So there's a guarantee. There's a deposit. There's a promise. And this promise is coming from God the Father who will not lie. Who has set you and I free. And therefore this calls for celebration. That's why the sermon says celebrate the promise of the Holy Spirit. You should rejoice a significant event took place in your life when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Therefore, you need to walk in this world as a royal, somebody who knows who you are. God says it's a seal, it's done. Nothing can change it. You are mine. You are coming to spend eternity with me. You need to grow. Yes, that's why the church is there. You can fall, you can grow cold, but we come together, we, we help each other, and we continue. But Christ said, I've sealed you with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit testified with our spirit. We cry, Abba, Father, we are the children of God. And this call for celebration. It's a promise, and it didn't come for any mere person than God Almighty. So you can hold on to that promise. You know, the fact that you cannot lose your salvation doesn't mean you should live your life anyhow. Because if a Christian falls and becomes carnal, that Christian will suffer. You'll be a miserable person. And at time I've heard stories that a Christian who becomes so embarrassed, just so embarrassment to God, God can just decide to take you home. Say, my son, enough, come home. By your salvation, you won't lose it. Because it's sealed and guaranteed. Hallelujah. May God bless us and give us grace as we reflect on this 
great thing that God has done in our lives. And may we go out there and bring our family members, our friends, and those who have not yet experienced this great thing in their lives to also come to know Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Reverend Dr. A.J. Mensah, for a word in season. Shall we bow our heads in prayer for the next few minutes? Reflect on this promise of the Holy Spirit. You are not an ordinary person. You can choose to live anyhow because there is a seal upon your life. The Lord is purchased, seal and approve of you. There is a guaranteed deposit for many of God's inheritance for you. It must define how your 2021 will look like. When there is a COVID coming around you, you can say there is a seal of God upon me. Because of God's seal, even if COVID come, I would not be afraid. Even if everything get worse because of God's seal, God has to guarantee your safe entry to heaven and nothing is going to stop that or deny you of that. So think about that for a moment. And let's start with us who have believers. Before we even move to those that are yet to have this seal upon their life. We're going to go through our hymn for the month, right? So we're doing spirit of the living God. And it's our prayer that somehow, even though we have it in him, he lives in us. We will receive a renewal from him today. And if we sing this song and you do not have Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this is a fine opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit. So let this be a prayer, not just a mere song. Talk with God as we sing this song together. Let's go. church before in the past but you just came back again whatever your story is today we offer unto you that fine opportunity to have a fresh relationship with Jesus Christ so today you can become a church member but more than that 
We want Jesus to be your Lord and personal Savior. We want the Holy Spirit to seal you for the day of redemption. We don't know what the years have ahead of us. But today you can be certain. I've heard people say we don't know what will happen. Especially whether we'll go to heaven or not. Today you can know because of the seal of the Spirit of God upon you. Today you can be certain in your heart that heaven is yours. You are heaven bound. Nobody goes to the station to pick VIP bars without knowing where they are going. But there are people on the live journey says we don't know. When we get there, we will know. No. If you don't know where you are going, every road will lead you there. Today, be certain of where you are going. That you are going to be with God at the end of days. That the Holy Spirit is here to convict you. That as we take this second stanza, it will be your prayer. The Lord, come into my heart. And if any of you want to do this, Today, stand whilst we take the second in. Stand and say, today I accept Jesus. Today, I come forward to be baptized. Today, I take a stand for Jesus. Hallelujah. Soul of heaven. Best into prayer. The Lord, take away the fears and the worries because I'm sealed. Today, I've been reminded of your seal. Guaranteeing my inheritance now and my destination in the future. So, will you talk with God wherever you are? And if you are here today, you want to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. Today, you want to say, Pastor, I want to be baptized. I've heard the word of God. I have believed in Jesus, but I'm not baptized. Or today, I want to belong to this church. If you are in any of this category, will you stand as we take our last stanza? Today, I want to join this church. Today, I want to know Jesus. Today, I want to belong. Today, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. Whatever your desire, whatever your prayer, as we take this last stanza, will you stand for us to pray with Yeah. 
Can we take the next minute to pray for ourselves, just you and God? The presence of God, the love divine, will cast away your fears. Will drive away your fears. Bible says perfect love drives out fear. And somehow you will commit your week into the hands of the Lord. Say, Lord, will you order my steps? Will you guide me through? We hear all kinds of stories. And sometimes we start the week and there are fears as to what is going to happen in the office. Especially when you hear someone tested positive in your office. Or someone you know very well. Like people say the numbers are turning into names. And we know some of the names. Will you talk with God? And if you know anybody who is sick, will you pray for him at this time? Is the Lord bring healing to your church. Bring healing to anyone sick among the Lord. Strengthen us. Cast away our fears. In the mighty name of Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. The promise of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that there is a seal guaranteeing our inheritance. We thank you that by the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit, we are comforted. And Lord, today we have come to commune with you, with the Spirit and with one another. This is our prayer. That we will live in the consciousness of the seal that has purchased us. Guaranteed of God. That no one can take us for granted. No evil, no witch, no divination, no enchantment can stand the seal of God. Lord, continue to preserve your church, protect and bless us. We thank you for hearing us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Let us pray. Did our God and Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your kindness, for giving us a gift of your word, a gift that even enables us to interact with you as we know your word and as we know your will from the pages of scripture. Thank you for the opportunity we have to give back to you the tithes, the offering that belong to you in the first place. We thank you that you continue to bless the work of our hands, keep us strong, keep us safe, to promote the work that you're giving us to do, even that of winning souls, exhorting each other, and being salt and light of this world. We thank you. Father, it is with this assurance that we move into this world, knowing that we will be light and salt in every community, because you are for us, you are with us, your seal is on us, and we are your children. Comfort those who are crying and they are hurting. Encourage those who are doing their best that they will continue to do all to your glory and praise. Those who are sick, send them healing. Those who are confused, may they have understanding. Those who rule and make decisions, may they draw wisdom from above. By the no matter what happens, let us acknowledge that you are the absolute God who is in control. And nothing, nothing takes you by surprise and causes us to be anchored in you both now and forevermore. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you, both now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy would follow you. All the days of your life, dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever.